Good morning, everybody. It's great to be together and uh, very glad that you came to worship with us, whether you're on, on Zoom or in person here. Uh, again, I want to thank our, our worship team. They just do a phenomenal job with getting us focused and, and, and ready and, and our AV team. Amen. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, it doesn't just happen like this. Every Sunday, these guys are here early. The, the setup is here. I, I mean, again, I, I just really want, uh, want there to just be a continual appreciation because things don't just happen. You know, some of us, you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, exactly, exactly. But uh, we will need some volunteers later. Um, you're a single man. I need your help after church immediately. Come on up. Your help is needed. It got real quiet in here. So if you're a single man, come on up. Amen? So we've been continuing a series entitled A Heart for God. And we've been looking at the life of David. And so today we're going to talk about confidence. Because if there was something that David had, it was confidence. The thing I think about is, man, he messed up a lot. We haven't even finished looking at some of his mistakes and, and, and mishaps and, and sin. You know, because sometimes when you're sinning, you're not very confident. In fact, you're hiding. You're insecure. You're wondering, mm, what are people thinking about me? I don't see that at, in David. In fact, you see almost the complete opposite. And I think part of why you see the opposite was because David was secure in his relationship with God. He understood the grace of God. And you know, if that's something that you are wrestling and trying to understand, or maybe you don't understand it, that's a great topic to study in your Bible. Go to a, they don't have the uh, thesaurus anymore, but online thesaurus. And just Google the word grace and go through those scriptures, read what the Bible says about it, because this guy got it, and he was so secure in his relationship with God, it was amazing, and today I hope that we can develop a similar confidence that comes from knowing who God is. Because not only are we on this side of the cross, we've been given something that David didn't have. God dwelling in us. The Holy Spirit. And guess what? When you got the Holy Spirit in you, if you're a, a Christian, if you're a, a believer, man, you're different. You look different. 
You talk different because of what's going on inside of you. So let's look at something. 2 Samuel chapter 22. 2 Samuel. Yikes. Yikes. There we go. Chapter 22. We are not reading this whole thing, but I'm going to read parts of it. You can go back later and, and, and read it because, again, you got to hear someone who had confidence in God and the way that he looked at life, the way that he experienced life. Verse 2, he says, The Lord is my rock, my refuge, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield in the horn my strong, my refuge, and my savior from violent people, you save me. Verse four, I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies. The ways of death swirled about me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the heavens shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds of the sky, out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemies with great bolts of lightning. He routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed. The foundation of the earth laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of his breath from his nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out of a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Skip down to verse 28. You save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. You, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. 
He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. With your help, I'm sorry, your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. Skip down to the end. Verse 50. Therefore, I will praise the Lord among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. Let's pray together. God, thank you again that we can have this time together. I pray again that you help us to develop confidence in you. I pray, Father, that your word speaks to our hearts. When we read and hear the words of this man after your own heart, he knew you. I pray that you help us to leave this room knowing you better, but making decisions that we're going to put our confidence in you and nothing else. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what are we talking about here? How did David develop confidence in God? Well, I believe it starts here. We have to believe confidence is found in God. Psalm 16, verse 6 through 9. Listen to what he says. And this is David talking. You're, and this is the uh, TPT version. Your pleasant paths lead me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you. For you have given me the best. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. Verse 8. Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will not be shaken. For I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My heart and soul, soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and be secure. You know, this scripture, which happens to be a psalm of David, teaches us a few things here. And you got to get this picture that David is painting for us of what it looks like to genuinely have confidence in God. Well, what did David understand? He understood some promises that God makes here in this scripture. And one of the promises is that he promises to lead us to pleasant places. He promises also to show us well, what's next. And then he always promises, and I love this, I'm available all the time, 24-7. In Jamar Chase's words, I'm always open. 
the sports people, that was for you. The non-sports people were like, what? Who is Jamar Chase? Anyway. See, God was very real to David. So real that he looked at his life and he constantly saw his presence. See, what would it look like if you were that confident in your relationship with God? What would your life be like? How would you operate if you had this picture and this relationship with God? Because that's what David developed. He believed that confidence came from God. All right? I'm going to give you a little homework later on, but I want to kind of throw it out here. I want to encourage you, if you're here, if you're on Zoom, I want to encourage you, find a scripture that helps you be confident in God. Right? And then I want you to get that scripture and I want you to read it every day this week. It's a challenge for this week. Take that scripture, read it every day, pray about that, and then you choose, I'm going to believe this scripture, and I'm going to take it with me everywhere I go. Let me share my scripture with you. Can I do that? Isaiah 26, verse 12. Lord, you establish peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. Hmm. That's my scripture. Don't use it. <laughs> Just kidding. Isaiah 26, 12. You know what that makes me remember? When I look at my life and I look at the good and the things that are going on, I can't be proud and be like, yeah, look at what I did. Because everything that has happened, every accomplishment, every good thing has come from God, my marriage, my wife, my kids, where I live, what I've done in the past, any accolades, any, anything that I want to say, yeah, look at what I did. Well, where did it come from? And how should that affect me? Should I be boasting? Look at what I did. Look, you know, sometimes spiritually, listen, let me tell you, I, the, my first 10 years of Christ, I remember every person that became a Christian. Every person. And it was like, back in the day, I was like, yeah, man, that was my personal fruit. Hey, we got to be careful of that. We got to be careful of that. Because then we think because of what we did that that person is where they are. That's partially true. God used you. But if you got and think it's the way that you reached out, the way that you prayed, the way that you are able to give insights into the scriptures, in the Greek, in the Hebrew, and the head just keeps going, 
Knowledge puffs up. What does love do? Love builds up. We got to be careful. Got to be careful. Secondly, we have to identify our confidence killers. What are we talking about? There are so many things that you and I, catch it, put our confidence in. You say, what are you talking about, Russ? It's something that you got to stop and really think about. Because this is something that you may not even be aware of. You got your confidence in this thing or that person or this legacy or this family. And that's what you really are secure in. And it's a confidence killer. See, God says that he will take care of anything. God says, I, I will do anything. And what's challenging is that when we are trying to get confidence in temporary and superficial things, we end up unstable and unsettled. And what will happen is there will be constant insecurity and worry about people, maybe not approving of us, about a good situation falling off the cliff and going wrong, or unbelief that a bad situation could actually get better. See, this instability internally makes it so that we can't enjoy the life that God has for us. Jeremiah says it in this way. Jeremiah 17, 6 says that you won't be able to see prosperity when it comes. See, in order to change, we must identify the fickle places where we put our confidence and correctly identify them as that is a confidence killer. You with me? Where do you try to place your confidence? Is it circumstances? Is it control, right? You the person that thinks you are in control. Look at what I did. And now look at this. That changed this because I did this or I did that. We think that our circumstances changing will then lead to confidence. You know, it could be with our finances. You know, we get a bump up. Now we're feeling kind of good about ourselves. Until we get that letter saying, uh-oh, we're downsizing in that, uh, part, that department. And now we're like, uh-oh. Let me get LinkedIn. But circumstances, relationships, right? That could be another one. Oh, if I just had one of those, I'll be secure. Money. We think more money will bring confidence. And some of us, I'm seriously, we got to really think about this because we really believe it. We believe that if we had more money, we're good. 
Well, you, that means you've got to be paying some more taxes too. Right? That's more to manage. But more than that, when you got more money, then you got more to worry about. And boy, if you play in that stock uh, market, you're looking at the paper. I'm not down with the stock market, but I, I learned a little something. I made an investment one time. One of my cousins, pharmaceutical, gave him the money. He was like, man, this is going to be this, that. I said, okay. A few months went by. I was like, yo, cuz, how's things going? Well, not going that good, man. And I just remember it created some anxiety because I was worried that it wasn't going to work out. You know what? It didn't work out. He probably, man, you're going to get in this. This is ground level. This is going to change this. this. And I was like, you know what? Lesson learned. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it don't. But more money is not the answer. It's not the place to place your confidence. But what about achievements? Yeah, I just shared with you my scripture, but sometimes we think accomplishing goals in work or life will bring confidence. You know, it's funny to see people who never go to college and don't get their degree, but somehow they know how. In fact, they got two houses or three. They've saved, they've done this, they've done that, and they got it going on with a little bit of money. I just, I'm like, how? <laughs> well, they, they learned something. And it's not about what we know, so to speak. And I'm not diminishing education. I'm not saying, I'm saying we can't put our confidence in the things that we accomplish or how many letters are behind our name. Again, where did it come from? But this is the biggie right here. People. People. We think people liking us. We think people respecting us will bring us confidence. So if this person likes you because the way you, you know, uh, the, the, the way you talk or the way that you act or, you know, whatever talent you got, they are so supportive. Well, what happens when you don't do what you do so well? Or you tell them something about them that they don't want to hear. And that attitude changes. And now they don't like you that much. It's amazing that we can get confidence because people like us. We're likable. Or it could be the other side. We can get confidence from being right. You know what I mean? You ever meet the person who it's all about being right? And they're like, I told you. I told you that was going to happen. I predicted it. I predicted it. Oh, I said that months ago. You know, I looked at, hmm. I saw, I saw her in the fellowship. You know, something, was, something was up. 
don't put my finger on it, but I, I knew something was going on. And it's about us. It's about being right. It's, those people are the very argumentative. They like to argue. I don't like arguing. Personally, I don't like arguing. I don't want to, you want to be right? I, all right, whatever you say. <laughs> I just don't want to argue. But again, it's people. It's the, I know, I got this figured out. It's that, that you know, that attitude. You place your confidence in people? It's not good. Pleasure, what about that? We think feeling pleasure will give us confidence. These are confidence killers. My question is, which confidence killer do you turn to? Maybe not even be on this list. The bigger issue is, why do you turn to that confidence killer? Because that's what God wants to take away. He wants to say, no, that's good that you understand. It's good that you're educated. It's good that you got this. But don't put your confidence in that thing or that person or that achievement. How can you turn your confidence killer to God? Are you with me there? All right. Let's keep rolling here. All right. Next step here is obey God to build confidence. Obey God to build confidence. God's word, if you just read it, will help build your faith. And I'm not talking about, oh, I'm reading to under, if you just read the word of God, it will build your faith. I'm not even talking about applying it. I'm just talking about reading it, okay? And you say, man, I don't have time. Well, you should make time to read God's word because it will give you confidence <laughs> that you can get nowhere else. In James chapter 1, verse 22, the Bible says, but don't just listen to God's word. Again, he's talking to believers. He says, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you are fooling yourself. Think about that. I can read and read and read and read and read, but if I don't do what it says, I'm fooling myself. Do you want to be a fool? Read the Bible and then don't do what it says. But if you want to be wise, you want to develop real confidence, take that word and put it into practice. It's unbelievable what happens when you take what God says and you believe it and then you decide, I'm going to act on what God said. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know how it's going to happen. But then when you actually do it and you see it and you're like, that actually worked. 
That only happens if you do it. I was meeting with a guy the other week, uh, last week, and he was talking about life, and he's like, yeah, man, I, you know, I just got to make time, and I want to have two and three hours to just sit down and read my Bible. And, do. and, and I was like, I said, dude, that's awesome, because I don't even do that. I'm like, that, that's amazing. I said, how about you just take 10 minutes instead of making this excuse, because I heard this last month. <laughs> take 10 minutes. So I'm challenging you and see what happens. See, God is trying to help us constantly develop confidence in him like David did. But it doesn't happen by just doing it our way. See, we have got to keep realizing we have a way about us. And if you're not aware of your way, then you got to read more intently. And then look at what the Bible says. And then look at what, what you do. And in that way, you can say, oh, wow, I'm really, really way off here. You know, Jesus said something in the... Uh, summer on the mount he says what good is it if you like all the people who like you what good is it if you love only the people that love you he said you know what real love looks like love your enemies pray for those who persecute you that goes against every part of our fiber every cell is like what are you talking about <laughs> There's a reason for that, because we have a sinful nature that goes in the opposite direction of what God is actually calling us to. But we don't get to the other side unless we actually do what he says. That person hurt my feelings. Okay, I heard you say that. I heard you say that last month. I heard you say that last year. Let me ask you a question. Have you prayed for them Oh, you haven't. Why not? Because your emotions are so strong and your proud heart will not allow you to humble yourself and do what Jesus says. Our sinful nature is strong. And that's why we need a savior because he can save us from ourselves he can save us not just that way man we get up in the morning we're tired i need to have my quiet time i need to pray man and the challenge is right there before us do i get down on my knees maybe i can't get down on my knees like i used to can i sit down in that chair all right you don't have to get on the knees anymore sit down in the chair I'm going to pray, or do I grab the remote and click on to see what CNN said this morning, or for some of us, ESPN, and get the highlights? Are you with me? That's a real battle. You're going to obey? You're going to submit? You're going to surrender? Because that's what God is after. See, David went after God, and he developed those habits. And before you know it, man, there was something very different inside. 
You know that song, uh, Diamond Lead? Uh, set a fire? Set a fire! Are you fired up? You don't get fired up for God unless you want him. That's a decision that we have to make every day. Otherwise, you know what you settle for is being religious. Let me tell you, I don't want to be religious. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to just read my Bible, share my faith, give my contribution. Uh, hello, little lady. Let me help you across the street and do all of those good things. And feel good about how I did what I was supposed to do. Because you know what happens with that? Let me tell you what happens with that. You get to a point where you're satisfied with your behavior. So you're not trying to do as much as you can. You just want to do the bare minimum. And God's like, dude, I got this guy right there. Oh, man, I didn't share my faith enough for today. I got to save some for tomorrow. <laughs> but that's what happens when you get into that checklist mentality. But when you set it, the fire set inside, you just got to talk to whoever. And you're listening to the spirit that's in you saying, talk to that dude. Talk to her. That's what the spirit does. And you have it. But we can quench it if we don't obey. Amen? All right. Last point. Develop confidence daily. Guys, every day we can build this attitude that David had in his relationship with God every single day. You know, this is challenging because daily means daily. <laughs> and sticking to it means that there's some things I may have to say no to so that in, I, I can say yes to God. And see, we, we, we don't want to write off of the, 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 the things that we've done in the past. Yeah, I used to do this. And I, you hear people say, and it's like, amen, that's great, but what are you doing today? Okay? And it goes back to just our daily living. Every day we have a chance. Look at this scripture, Galatians 6. You guys all know it. But it's in the NLT version. He says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature, that part of you that says, no, no, I don't feel like it. That's the sinful nature. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Verse 9, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. 
at just the right time, notice that, at just the right time, we will, not might, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we what? If we don't give up. You know, let me tell you, one of the things that was so funny in dealing with my health and, and trying to be more healthy, man, I can't tell you how many times I failed. You know, the yo-yo effect. I was doing a yo-yo diet. I went back 10 years and I had my doctor's note and it was amazing. In the summer, weight went down. In the winter, weight went back up. In the summer, weight went down. In the winter, went back up. 10 years, 10 years until recent, you know, uh, the, uh, when I went back in, in February and the guy's like, um, I'm putting you on a sleep apnea. And then two years prior, my doctor was like, your blood pressure is too high. You're on blood pressure medication. You know what's so cool? Went to my doctor uh, October 6th. He says, you're off the blood pressure, blood pressure medication. And went down to where it was before. But here's why. I lost some pounds. I didn't give up trying. I'm learning. And, and just a little FYI. We're going to talk about learning in November, okay? We're going to, as a church, go back to the basics. We're going to talk about learning because I think there's some things that we need to relearn so we can be what God wants us to be. A little plug there, so amen. But develop confidence daily. Every day we have an opportunity to plant, okay, by choosing to follow God and do good or choosing to satisfy our sinful nature. Each day matters. Each choice matters. And each day we choose God, guess what? Our confidence will grow. And when you and I live lives God's way, he comes through for us. He not only helps us, he helps to guide us, he helps to develop us. And you know what? When we're doing that, other people benefit. Other people benefit. How would you feel when that person's sitting there and they're all fired up and they're talking about this and they're like, yeah, and I want to thank such and such because they believed in me. They prayed for me and they provided a great example for me. And your name is attached to that sentence. Isn't that what God wants us to do? See, developing confidence in God is more important to others than we actually realize. God places family members, friends, co-workers, even strangers in our paths that we are meant to influence and help for the better. And when you and I are close to God, when you and I are filled with the Spirit, when you and I are realizing the big picture that is not about us, guess what? We share our lives 
We give generously. We sacrifice to help others. We say, hey, you know what? I haven't been in the battle. Man, I need to repent. I need to get in the battle. I need to help somebody else and stop thinking so much about myself. That's what happens when you're in it. And then you know what happens? You see this person turn around. Or you see the light go on and they're like, oh my gosh. This is how I, I've been living like this according to the sinful nature. I don't want to do that anymore. And then they turn around. And you get to be a part of that. And now we're kind of locked arm in arm. We say, we're going to go find somebody else. You know, it's so encouraging. Uh, John shared about uh, this young man, A.B. And I remember him coming to church and seeing just really great kid, uh, young man to, to get to know. But it's amazing to realize there are so many opportunities all around us. But if you and I are not walking and staying close to God, we're not going to see what's in front of us. See, when you believe God has your back, you are going to allow his word to guide you. And there is nothing that can stop us from loving and helping people when that's where we, we are. Because we know who we are. We know why we're here, and we understand what God wants. He wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So let's remember, guys, when we're tired, that's a really good thing because it should cause you and I to look up. And then when we look up and we say that prayer, we ask for that help, and he gives it to us, and we're like, thank you, God. And we should turn around. And continue to help. Or maybe to say that prayer. Or maybe to get on the phone and say, hey, are you okay? How are you doing? How's the kids? How's grandma? We're out of focus. Because we understand what we have. David understood what he had in God. And you and I need to understand that as well. So, class, I want to encourage us to remember, believe confidence is found in God, nothing else. Identify your confidence killers. Obey God to build confidence and develop confidence each and every day because we're getting closer to being with him for all eternity. And oh boy, what a day that's going to be. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for this time that we have. I pray, Father, that you will uh, continue to help us. Help us decide whatever it takes to develop confidence in you. Father, I pray that, that we can begin to apply these, these principles, these steps that we talked about today. But to take that time, whether, you know, we start with just that scripture to remind us. But I pray that it will translate into uh, a different mindset. And that, Lord, we remember, you're, you're not only with us, you are delighted with us.
And God, I pray that you continue to guide and direct us. Father, we love you, and, and, and I pray that uh, next week, as we talk about trust, that we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, just so encouraged because of Dave's trust in you that uh, we can uh, be trustworthy as he was. We love you. We thank you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. We'll sing one more song, and then we'll be dismissed.